Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are discussing our nonfiction preview books. Um, preview books for the fall. I have to look at my dates because I'm not even sure if I have any. A lot of my books when I was looking at them have already come out and I don't have a ton for nonfiction because I'm barely reading fiction unless it's like domestic thriller. So that is that is my story. Okay. Yeah, most of my some of mine have already come out too. So why don't we get started on what we've been reading? September was a pretty disappointing month, I have to say. Um, I had a great August and then kind of came to a screeching halt in September. Um, The last books I read, um, I read a book called The People We Keep, which I think I may have mentioned on the last show, um, which was a book of the month pick that people seem to love. And it just really missed the mark for me. It felt like YA. It felt, I don't know, just didn't make a it just seemed implausible to me. And there were some things involving sort of underage girls in relationships that I had a lot of problems with. So that one was a big miss for me. And I read another book called Want by Lynn Stager Strong. I don't know if you've heard of this book. It's got a beautiful cover, but it's kind of a depressing book about a woman living in Brooklyn with her husband and two children and they're basically bankrupt and she's working all the time to try to make ends meet. And it's just about like desires and like what she wants out of life and how she's not really getting a lot of it. And it's just, it, I wouldn't say it's stream of consciousness, but it's more in that style, kind of like the Jenny awful style of writing. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't, unhappy that I read it, but it was definitely not a pleasant read. Yeah, I think you were in the middle of that and struggling with it the last time we spoke. Yeah, that is possible. So I don't know. I'm also trying to get my way through the other black girl right now. And I'm having I'm having trouble with that one too. It's uh finding it very confusing. Oh, that's interesting. How far are you in it? Almost done. So, I mean, I, there were some, definitely some, you know, uh, some teasers that needed to be kind of fleshed out. And I think I've gotten to the point where like, I should be kind of understanding the story. I think uh, doing that one on audio, I do not recommend because the audio is super confusing. I, yeah, I can see that you need the detail of reading the book because there are some scenes that things happen. Like what just happened? there? Yeah. I've been kind of going back over the print to just sort of like, what did I just listen to? There's some things about it I really like and I find very interesting. And I think it is a very fresh book. Like it's not something I've read before at all. Right. I just think the execution wasn't great. Yeah. I think that I was confused a little. I think that they left the reveal a little late. She left the reveal a little late in that book. I think I Mm -hmm. would have enjoyed knowing what I knew by the end a little more throughout it. I think it would have heightened some of the tension for me. Some of the tension for uh, for it went out, I think, because there were the two storylines. We really don't know what's going on with the characters. Like, 
who's really friends, who's not friends. Uh, by the end, I mean, I did think it was it was very clever and interesting the take that she took on it because it was not something that I was expecting at all. Yeah, and, and as much as people have been trying to like compare this to Get Out or or gosh, I can't think of the word. There is another comp that is, I think, better aligned with that book, but I don't want to say it because it spoils it. Okay, <laughs> so I won't say what that is, but. You know, I was glad I read it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not unhappy I read it. Or yeah, I, I, I won't some be. Of the, some of the things that that you mentioned, I agree. I think it would have been more enjoyable for me to, like I said, if, if she had just let us in a little bit more a little earlier. Because there were multiple timelines and, you know, there were these strange meetings. And I can see how sometimes you just don't know what's going on, especially if you were reading it. If you were listening to it. Yeah. I would have been really lost. <laughs> yeah. How about you? I may be starting to come out of Thrillerville because now I'm, I'm just, I feel like I've read a couple that haven't been that great and I'm kind of bored with them. So I'm thinking that that might be my cue that I need to foray, you know, start my foray back into things that have a little bit more heft. Okay. I just finished The Other Me uh, by Sarah Zachrick Jane. And this is about a woman who is living her life. I guess she's just had her 29th birthday. She's hanging out with her best friend at this art opening because someone is interested in her best friend's work. And she's kind of stay, taking stock of her life, like how her art has gone. She hasn't done a really big show yet. And she decides to go to the bathroom. And when she goes to the bathroom, she walks into a completely different life. In this life, she did not go to art school, didn't meet her best friend. She's married to a guy that she only vaguely remembers working on a high school science project with. And her life is completely different. There are some similarities, like in both lives. Um, her mom has had a breast cancer di diagnosis, I think, in her Chicago life, it's much further along, but it seems like they've caught it earlier in her Michigan life. So she is just trying to figure out, you know, what is, is going on? Like, did someone do this to her? Is it a weird dream? Did she make up the Chicago life? And really, she's kind of this bored housewife living in Michigan who hasn't fulfilled any of her passions. But it seems to be linked to some some something that her husband, some work that he's done with this mysterious tech company. And there's all these rumors about this tech company. And I don't know, I thought I would be really interested in this book. It does have like an element. It's not like it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's time travel, but it does have an element of what is going on with time. You know, like which life is she in? What, you know, why, why is this? But I think where this book went too wrong for me is that it focused a lot on the mechanism. I have problems, I think, with time travel books, uh, books where people might be dreaming, anything <laughs> like that. If there's an element of it, I feel like you really shouldn't focus on it. I feel like it should be vague. <laughs> you know? Right. Because when you start getting into the nitty gritty of what changed and what's the mechanism and how this is happening. 
it becomes so much more technical as opposed to her experiences and how she's feeling. And of course, she's desperate to try to fix her life. You know, she really identifies strongly with her life as an artist, her life in Chicago, her friends. You know, it's disorienting to figure out what's going on. She kind of doesn't trust her husband. But it got a little caught up in the tech of the dream world or the alternate time or whatever it is that's going on. And then the other one is The Dilemma by B.A. Paris. And this one is about a husband and wife who the wife has been looking forward to celebrating her 40th birthday. Like she's placed a lot of stock in this just because she hasn't been close to her parents. Her parents were religious and just never forgave her when uh, she had her first child. Like when she became pregnant, she wasn't married. She did go in to marry the man, but they just never accepted her because she got pregnant before they were married. So she's invested all of her energy, like her emotional energy into having like this life where she can have this big party, like it's fulfilling a need for her. But they're both keeping secrets. Like her daughter, Marnie, is away in Thailand. She's supposed to be coming home for this party, but she doesn't know that. Her husband knows that. It's supposed to be a secret. And so he's keeping a secret from her about the surprise that's going to happen. She's keeping a secret from him about something that she's found out. And their secrets are kind of in opposition to each other. Like she knows that she has to tell her secret and he's trying to hold on to his. Uh, I don't know. I think it was because their relationship is really complicated. Like it was one of these where there is some tension between them just because even though they got married really young when she was pregnant with her son, he like was kind of a deadbeat for a while, even though they lived together. He was always sneaking off and hanging out with his college friends. He doesn't really get along with his son. So there's just lots of tension. And I don't know that I liked anyone and the keep the secrets that they're keeping, and it takes place over a day. So this might be one of these books that, to your point, is things are a little bit annoying when they're going hour by hour, you know, because this book is literally set up from eight to nine. He thinks this, she's thinking this, and it just alternates like that throughout this 24 hour span when, you know, it's the day of her party and he knows that their daughter is supposed to surprise them. So nothing's grabbing me. I think it's time to go back. So where do you, are you reading anything now? I just started the new Joyce Maynard book called Count the Ways. And I'm still at the very beginning of that. And, and then the other black girl I'm trying to finish. So that's where I am right now. Okay. And I'm reading, I think it's Intimacies by Katie Kitamore. Oh, how are you liking that one? I mean, so far I like it. It's a setup of the story. It's this uh, translator who leaves New York and is setting up to be do translation for the court at The Hague. So it's all of these very deep cases where you might be dealing with someone, you know, like war crimes and things like that. And she is dating someone who is still really involved in his wife's life. They have kids together. So they're not unfriendly. um, And their relationship to each other has yet to be defined at this point. And then she has a friend who experiences like something happens in her apartment building, some kind of violence that she is becoming involved in. 
So I'm still, this is a really short book. I mean, it's, it's 225 pages, but I'm still just in the beginning as I'm getting to know each of the characters. So I really don't know yet how I feel about it, but I'm enjoying it so far. Okay. So let's hop right in. I know Gail and I both have some time constraints today. So, and I don't, I don't have a lot of books, as I mentioned before. I was telling Gail, I think, before the show that the book, that one of my few books that I was interested in for nonfiction, it actually turns out that it's fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Larson normally writes nonfiction, and this is his first fiction book. And as I was looking, you know, reading a little bit more, I was like, oh, his first fiction book ever. That doesn't help my cause. But so let's get into that. All right. What's what do you have? Well, yeah. So this nonfiction that I have is a little bit all over the map. Um, first one I have this actually came out in August, so it's a little bit late already. But since we're you know still talking about new nonfiction, this is a book called Everything I Have Is Yours, and it is a memoir about a woman who has been married to her husband for twenty years, and during that time he has been chronically ill. It's unclear whether his illness is mental illness, physical illness, or a combination of both, but he has a disease that's making him very uncomfortable. And it's all about how do you live with a partner who is that sick? And how do you define sort of partnership and marriage when you've got one person who's suffering so much? It's by Eleanor Henderson. And um, it just sounded really interesting to me because I think that is such an interesting thing about how, how you define partnership when one person is really taking care of the other or is at least sort of carrying the other or somehow, you know, shouldering a lot more of the burden due to illness. So I don't know. This one just spoke to me. Okay. I'm just going to go on and get my fiction book out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is called No One Goes Alone. It's by Eric Larson. And Eric Larson usually writes these, I I feel like he's one of the first narrative nonfiction authors, or that was just like how I came to even know that term or think about that when you write these really realistic, you know, based on fact stories, but are so rooted in the narrative and the emotion that it feels like you're reading a novel. And he started, I think the first book I read was him, was The Devil in the White City. And that was about the world, Chicago World Fair and like the serial killer who was stalking the the fairgrounds and just kind of like his story and, and how those two things intersected. So this one is another kind of sweeping, and I, and this is probably why I thought it was another nonfiction book because it's about the psychologist who goes on an expedition to like a remote island in search of a family that has gone, you know, they disappeared there. So he is trying to figure out what has happened. Like, is it, I don't know, is it foul play? Is it paranormal? Is this something that can be explained? So it says that he's written a terrifying tale of suspense underpinned with actual people and events. So, and as they say, it'll keep, I guess this is for the audio, which I probably will listen to it on audio. It says it keeps listeners captivated till the blood chilling end. Hmm. Okay. All right. My next one is called Beautiful Country by... Ooh, I had that one. Oh, okay, good. But go and on. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. Kwan Julie Wang. And this is a book about 
a an immigrant from China to New York in 1994. And it's about her childhood growing up as a, you know, as a, a, a new Chinese immigrant in the city. And I think that this really only takes you through to high school. It's not like her whole life. But it's all about, you know, um, how she learns English through library books and, you know, how she feels like such an outsider and, and sort of the, the rights of learning about America through food and Rockefeller Center at Christmas time. And then about, I think that her mother becomes ill and, you know, the challenge that brings and the insecurity that brings to her. This was actually, I believe, a book of the month pick last month, I think. It was, and I got it then. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you started it? I have not. Okay. I have I have said no more book of the month picks, but we're recording this on Friday, October 1st, and book of the month picks are up. And I see this book called The Perishing that looks really good. Ooh, I skipped. Did you? Yeah. I don't know. Just nothing was calling to me. I should have, but oh, well. <laughs> Well, you might end up really liking it. Okay, so you got it from Book of the Month. No, I, d- I didn't get it. I didn't get oh, it. I'm just it. giving it the eye. No, I actually have skipped two months in a row. Okay. Yeah, but I'm I'm intrigued by it. And it reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Lost in Translate or Girl in Translation, sorry. Girl in Translation by Jean Kwok, which is fiction, but has some deep roots in her own personal experience. And it's it sounds good. Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about that book. I think it was an impulse. Uh, I got it on impulse from Book of the Month. All right, my next one is a memoir by Christopher Sorrentino. It's called Now Beacon, Now See, A Son's Memoir. And it came out on September 7th from Catapult Books. And so this is a memoir about he's writing when his mom dies. She died in 2017. And he goes on this odyssey of discoveries about her life and, you know, why she was so dysfunctional and so unhappy for most of it. You know, had lots of dysfunction in her marriage. She married a writer called Gilbert Sorrentino. And I guess it's also kind of the son's story of how he was able to escape or how he lived in the shadow of his father as a writer and how he was able to step out and become a writer himself. And he's written a bunch of books. I haven't heard of any of them. Maybe the book called, there's a book called Trance. The cover looks a little familiar. But he's also written The Fugitives and a book called Condition. So he's written quite a bit. But as he delves into his mom's life, you know, she discovers she grew up in the South Bronx. She went to Stanford after that. And then she ends up living in Brooklyn. And it just seems like she was so disappointed, so unhappy through most of it. And he discovers or, you know, that, her birth certificate actually identified her as black. She's Puerto Rican. And then her always like chasing this identity and I guess eventually living as a white. It's a National Book Award finalist. And it says that it's a defi- it's defining of what it means to live and lose a difficult parent and the transformative power of conflictive grief. This just reminded me so much of, you know, when you hear about these awards or whatever, they are never driven by actual readers. They're always driven by the industry because this book just came out. It's already a National Book Award finalist. So when you think about how that happens, it's because it's just... I guess kind of like the Grammys, you know, only industry people are voting and people who who would have already read this book. Okay. My next one is called 
But You Seemed So Happy by Kimberly Harrington. It comes out on October 5th. And this is a book about divorce. And the author, she announces that she and her husband are getting divorced. And she started writing this book. And what it did, what the book ended up being in the end was kind of her ideas about marriage and relationships and divorce and kind of like mining back the history of her marriage and trying to figure out, you know, what, how the relationship changed, what the impact of having children had, and just about kind of getting older. You know, it's not about like that didn't know anything when they got married, but just that marriage is a process and that people change and that, you know, this is how things end sometimes. So it's a collection of essays about this topic. I just, I don't know, I thought this sounded interesting as well. So my next book is also a collection of essays. It's Phoebe Robinson's new collection, Please Don't Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes. Uh, She wrote the book, Everything's Trash, But It's Okay, and You Can't Touch My Hair. And I read You Can't Touch My Hair. So her essay is always funny, kind of takes on life and topics that are on her mind. She's a comedian. She's written in so many different outlets and been in so many different shows. This is a collection of essays. Some of the topics are Black Lives Matter, 4C Hair, Parents Advice, which is mostly about germs from the outside. Now, the title of this is funny. I mean, I don't know that you can just attribute this to Black families, but I know growing up I did here. You know, don't sit on the bed in your street clothes or, you know, you've been sitting everywhere. So that's something I never do. (laughs) Don't didn't do then. Don't do have never done in in my adult life. (laughs) It's just like something I tell my cousins because I heard it. You know, when you think about it, it's like I don't want to be sitting on the subway and then come and just sit down in my bed. Uh so, yeah, so it's a collection of, of essays, some on dating, some on Black excellence. So a number of things I'm looking forward to. Her humorous take on it, but she usually has a very insightful point of view. Did you have anything else? Because you took beautiful country from me. Oh, <laughs> I have a few more. Okay. This one is called The Redemption of Bobby Love, also on October 5th. And this is about an escaped convict and his wife of 35 years who had no idea that he was an escaped convict. They're living in Brooklyn, happily married, and the FBI appears at their door one day and asks in front of his wife and kids, what is your real name? And he has to reveal his secret that he'd grown up in Jim Crow South and had, you know, found himself in trouble before he was even 14, ended up in jail, but basically escaped. And he changed his identity and started a new life, but lived with this secret all this time that he was on the lam. And so the story is about his jailbreak and the tension of his life lived in secret. What's the name of that again? It's called The Redemption of Bobby Love. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, doesn't it? It sort of reminded me a little bit of the Nickel Boys. Wrongly accused, is he? Um, I don't know if he's wrongly accused, but kind of that juvenile. Um, I, and, and then when the, the hammer comes down, it's too hard. Yeah, and then the sort of identity issues. Right. Yeah. Did so, you have any more? Nope, that was it for me. Oh. I think I had four. Okay. Well, I can add another one. Okay. 
Um, this one is called Smile by Sarah Rule. And it is about a woman who ha- gets Bell's palsy, which you may know is the kind of the virus where it paralyzes one half of your face. Most people recover from that and eventually regain the use of the side of their face. But, sh- but in 10% of patients, they don't recover. And she's unfortunately in that 10%. And this is a woman who works in theater in Broadway. And I don't think she acts, but I think that, you know, she's very sort of public facing and it's all about how she has to live with this new face that is very, um, she has a lot of hard time communicating, um, communicating emotions, communicating feelings because she can't move one, you know, the entire half of her face. So it's all about her journey trying to, you know, sort of adjust her new circumstances and how she gets by. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely tended towards the memoir here, which is. I was going to say, it seems like we both went well, went for the memoir. Yep. I mean, that's how I usually get my nonfiction anyway, right? Right. Okay. So, a little short one for you guys. I know our fiction one ran a lot longer than this. We had a lot to say about fiction. Uh, we may pick up some more nonfiction <laughs> here and there. Uh-huh. Exactly. As I shift to, like I said, more heavier fare. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of glad you're coming out of your thriller phase. <laughs> I welcome that. I was, but I was definitely, well, I got to the point where I sounded like you. I'm just like, and then I wondered why I read it. <laughs> I knew it was a thriller. I knew what was probably going to happen, but I, I feel like I've read some good ones and then I've read some ones that were just okay. But I think for, for whatever reason, like the ones, the last couple of ones that I've been reading, I, I knew that it was time. I'm enjoying Intimacies so far by Katie Kitamura. And I want to finish, I started reading for a book club, Crying in H Mart. So I want to finish oh, that because that, that have- was really good. I have that. I'm excited to try that. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's one of those that I would have finished it, but got distracted and the book club came up. And, you know, once that happens, I was juggling other things I was reading, but I'm going to finish that up. Okay. Well, on that note, happy reading. And we'll be back soon with more. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. <laughs>